So today I have the privilege of sharing a message I believe the Lord has placed on my heart for us. And I've titled today's message, An Invitation Away. So have you noticed how different types of invitations evoke different types of responses or reactions from us? We all get different kinds of invitations on an almost daily basis. These invitations can vary from Invitations to connect on social media, invitations to spend money with businesses or marketing agents trying to get you to buy their product. Could be invitations from our bosses to come into their office. Could be invitations from family and friends to spend time together over a braai or invitations from our romantic interests to go for coffee. And so some of these invitations evoke a positive response of excitement and enthusiasm and possibility, and others evoke a perhaps negative response of apathy or obligation or fear and frustration. So whatever they are, we are all constantly being invited to something, to partner with someone or to do something. And our response to them or to some of these invitations, is more significant than others. So to illustrate our different types of responses to different types of invitations, I thought I'd tell you a hopefully humorous story about myself. Now, as you all very well know, I recently got married. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you know, there's all the married people are clapping. Somebody said to me this morning, this, this week, we also recently got married. We're celebrating our 47th wedding anniversary. So you've got another 46 years of me saying that. But I'm going to show you a little bit later that I'm actually just quoting Scripture when I say I recently got married. But the context of the Scripture is a little bit convicting. So I don't know if I'm going to say it anymore. <laughs> but the story I want to tell is the tale of two invitations. The first one was in 2016, well before I'd ever even met my wife. And so a younger, far more insecure and very much single me had has, as his greatest fear talking to someone of the opposite sex. And um, anyway, don't laugh at that. That's not, <laughs> that was a genuine fear. <laughs> anyway, there was, a, there was a beautiful young worship leader here who was friends with a good friend of mine. And this friend of mine mentioned to me that this particular girl had shown an interest in wanting to meet me. And so he said, let me take you to her and we'll introduce you to one another. And what, a, what a good friend, you know, what a wonderful friend. So this was in the days before Warehouse One. So our coffee shop was inside Entrance One. And so my friend and I walked into entrance one together and there she was ordering a coffee at the coffee shop. And so he said to me, oh, let's go introduce you to her. And off he went, the 10 meters or so that separated us from her. And by the time he got to her at entrance one and said, Mike, this is, Mike was outside entrance three, having literally <laughs> run away. <laughs> Needless to say, that was not the girl that I married. Um, and uh, so my response to that information, uh, to that invitation rather, was fear and quite frankly, failure. I, um, the invitation was there, but my response was such that I never got to experience what was perhaps on the other side of the invitation. Contrast that to an invitation of a few years later, 
when I was invited to a coffee and a walk along the beachfront with the lady who was and still is very much out of my league. We're not comparing who's in whose league, but if it's a weekend golfer and a professional golfer, it's kind of that comparison. Anyway, lo and behold, I took up the invitation and that lady was Kelly Jo, my wife. Yeah, she's still way out of my league. But it turns out that that which is beyond our hopes and dreams is only an invitation away. Invitations and our response to them carry great significance. I believe the life we long for, the life we dream of living, is only an invitation away. It can be overwhelming to think of the gap between the life we're living and the life we long to live, the dream that we have versus the destiny we're actually living out. And that gap may be big enough to cripple us before we've even started. And we end up like me, running out of entrance three when we should be walking into entrance one. The good news is that all it takes for us to go from the life we are living to the life we long to live, from the dream we carry to the destiny of living out that dream, is an invitation and a response. That invitation is available to us in Jesus. And it's our response to that invitation that will move us from dream to destiny. The story of the Bible is one of invitation from God to man. An invitation to relationship with Him and an invitation to partnership with Him. Right from the beginning, God initiated an invitation to Adam and Eve to a relationship with Him in the garden and to a partnership with Him to be His image bearers ruling and reigning over creation. The invitation was there, but Adam and Eve, as we know, didn't respond very well to that invitation. And so there was a result to their response. But though they missed out on the destiny God had intended for them, God continued to initiate an invitation to man for relationship and for partnership. God invited Abraham into relationship and partnership. And though Abraham messed up a few times, he responded well to the invitation. And so he went from having a dream of being blessed to living out a destiny of being a blessing to others and is now considered a, the father of our faith and the patriarch of our faith. The destiny was great, but the beginnings were simple. The difference between his dream and the destiny that he lived out was an invitation from God and a response from man. It is only an invitation away. Abraham, step out of your tent. God invited Moses into relationship and into partnership with him. And though Moses certainly did mess up and make some mistakes, he responded well to God's invitation. And so he went from having a dream of leading God's people out of, of seeing God's people liberated from slavery to living out the destiny of leading their salvation march out of slavery. The destiny was great, but the beginnings were humble. And the difference between the dream and the destiny was an invitation from God and a response from man. It's just an invitation away. Moses, what's in your hand? God invited Joshua into relationship and partnership with him. And though Joshua also made mistakes, he responded well to that invitation and so went from a dream of 
following Moses to living out the destiny of fulfilling the calling of Moses of leading the children of Israel out of slavery or into the promised land. And so the destiny was great, but again, the beginnings were simple. It was an invitation from God and a response from man that was the difference between his dream and his destiny. Just an invitation away. Joshua, be strong and courageous. The same goes for David. David's dream of just being a shepherd boy to a destiny of shepherding the whole nation of Israel was simply an invitation from God, David, what's in your bag? And a response from man to step out in faith. God invited Mary into that same relationship and partnership with him. Though Mary was a, simply a humble servant girl, she would end up carrying the Savior of the world in her. It was an invitation from God. Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. And the response of worship from her that led, led from her dream into the destiny of living out, carrying the Savior of the world. God invites each one of us, all of humanity, all of mankind, into a relationship with Him and into a partnership with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. And though, like Abraham and Moses and Joshua and David, we may mess up and make some mistakes along the way, when we respond well by accepting God's invitation, we go from having a dream of perhaps living a full, dry, full life to living out the destiny of life and life in all its fullness available in Jesus Christ. The destiny is great, but the beginnings are simple. And the difference between our dreams and our destiny is in an invitation from God and a response from us. It is only an invitation away. My son and my daughter, follow me. I have one more personal story to share with you before we get into some practical applications of this. I mentioned earlier that a slightly younger version of me was quite an insecure young man. I grew up in a really wonderful, incredible home with a loving family and loads of opportunities to a great school and educational and sporting opportunities and good health. And yet I had insecurities. And I suppose we all have insecurities, not necessarily from great traumas, although some may be, but because we're all human, like Adam, and we sometimes battle to trust God. And so to make the point that the gap between the life we're living and the life we desire to live is only an invitation away and not beyond our hopes and dreams. I can tell you my story of an insecure young man having had a relationship with the Lord his whole life and not really gone too far astray. I used to think my testimony wasn't worthwhile because I hadn't, you know, ruined my life in, in, in any significant way. Um, but sort of faithfully came Sunday after Sunday, but just lacked any confidence. In the first and second year of my varsity career, we used to have quite big gaps between accounting lectures and law lectures. And, and so I was a pretty diligent student at school, so I, didn't, I wasn't really inclined to miss class. Also, I had a healthy respect and fear for my parents who were paying for my studies, so I, I didn't really want to miss class. But I, um, I had such a and insecurity of sitting alone that I used to think that everyone was watching me and sort of mocking the fact that I was alone and that even my friends that I had didn't actually want me sitting with them. 
So I used to drive home between lectures. And um, I lived in Red House, which is quite far from the university. So I just miss classes later in the day. And that translated here at church too. I, for years, I just came in at one minute before the service started and left as soon as Pastor George said, Amen, because I dreaded sitting alone in the coffee shop or, or elsewhere in church. And um, even after I started serving here, I used to avoid the volunteer prayer meetings we have before the service in case somebody would ask me to pray publicly. So I would just sit in my car until I saw people coming out to, the, to serve in the parking lot, and then I would go and serve. And so to say that standing on a stage in front of thousands of people preaching the gospel was beyond my wildest hopes and dreams is an understatement. And at first glance, the gap between the life I'm living and the life I was living, it may seem overwhelmingly large. If you had told me in 2015 that I would be doing today what I am doing, I would have been out of entrance three faster than I was for fear of meeting a girl. But the difference between the life I was living and the life I have the privilege of living today was only an invitation away. One Sunday morning in April 2015, I was chatting to my cousin Tristan, who was on the worship team and still is, and Vince came up to greet him. I knew who Vince was, but he didn't know who I was. And Vince invited me to his men's group on a Friday morning. And so one cold, dark 6 a.m. Who has men's group at 6 a.m. in the morning? One co- we still do it today. One cold, dark April uh, morning, Friday morning in 2015, took a response from me to an invitation to go to a men's group that started a journey, which according to some of the guys that are in that group, uh, was about, comprised of about a year of me just staring blankly with wide eyes and an open mouth, soaking it all in to learning what it means to be a child of God and to stand as a man of God and to learn the humanity of these men of God I thought were infallible, to learning the vulnerability and humility needed to change and to grow, to learning to be prayed for and pray for others, to learning to hold a microphone and to share the gospel of Jesus. Thank you. My notes tell me not to look at Vince, so I'm avoiding him completely because, you know, I'm a crier. So it it seems incomparable now, but it was the power of an invitation and the response to an invitation that set in motion a destiny that was far beyond any dream I may have had. And I still have insecurities, but I have an invitation to trust God. And I still have reasons to doubt, but I have a response of faith in Jesus. I tell you all this to say that the life you long for and the life you dream of is not beyond reach. It's only an invitation away. How we respond matters. We we can miss out. We may make mistakes and we may even muddy the waters, but a response to an invitation can make way for a miracle. And it's only an invitation away. 
be it a hope or a dream you long to see fulfilled or a relationship that you long to see reconciled or a healing that you need. It is not beyond reach. It's only an invitation away. Luke chapter 14 contains the story of Jesus at a banquet and Jesus t- telling a bar- parable Excuse me, about a banquet. And in it, we're going to find different types of invitations and different responses to invitations that I hope can help us take an action today. The chapter Luke 14 has references to invitations from verses 7 to 24, but I'm going to focus on the two middle verses, verses 15 to 16, that set this all up. It says, when one of those at the table with him, being the table with him being Jesus, heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. There is an invitation from God to all of man to come to the wedding feast of the Lamb and to sit and feast at the table of the Lord. And blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. All of us, all of humanity, have an invitation to a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So an invitation to relationship. Scripture is clear that God's desire is for all humanity to come into relationship with Him. For God so loved the world, the whole world, that He gave His one and only Son into the world, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Scripture tells us that it pleases God for us to pray for all people because He desires that all people will come into relationship with Him, to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth that there is one God and one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ, who gave His life as a ransom for all. And so there is the one who gives the invitation. And then there is the one who receives the invitation. And how we respond to the invitation matters. Scripture tells us that all who do receive Him, to all who believe in His name, He gives the right to become the children of God. And so this right to become God's children, this right to feast at the table of the Lord is not beyond reach. It's only an invitation away. In fact, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. It is not here or there, somewhere out there, but within us. An invitation sent from the Father in love through His Son, Jesus. We need only receive this invitation and we will become the children of God. So we know the one who sends the invitation, the most wonderful invitation to feast at the table of the Lord, both now and forevermore through Jesus. And so how do we respond? Well, let's go back to Jesus' parable. And the host of the banquet has just invited many guests. And it says, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married. So I can't come. So that's why it's convicted me. 
about this scripture. But this scripture is not saying don't get married. This scripture is saying marry someone who will take you to the banquet of the Lord and feast together with the Lord. Amen. Thank you, love, for, yeah, amen. Okay, continuing. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Contextually, this was Jesus teaching the Jewish people that God's invitation is not only for them, but for all. And that even God's people get preoccupied with the things of this world and the gifts God gives them to steward. And so while not losing their invitation, they miss out on eating at the feast. And this is Jesus teaching us as Christians that God's invitation is not only for us, but for all. And even God's children can get preoccupied with the things of this world and the gifts God has given us and called us to steward. And so whilst we don't miss out on our, we don't lose our invitation secured in Jesus, we miss out on tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and eating at the feast of life and life in all its fullness. Jesus does offer us, offer us a remedy for this when he says that while all of these concerns are represented as excuses, they are still valid. What will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? How will I provide for my family? I need to go care for my field or my oxen, my work or my wife. Those are all valid concerns of life. But Jesus says to us that your father knows all that you need and that he will provide that for you. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be given unto you as well. The invitation to relationship with God is fully and freely available to all in Jesus. The one who has given the invitation is faithful. May we receive his invitation and respond with humble gratitude to accept the greatest invitation there will ever be to the banquet of God. So this is, I believe, the first and greatest step from a dream to a destiny to life and life in all its fullness, to an abundant life, to eternal life, to a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. And so once we have received this invitation and responded in relationship to God, we have another invitation, an invitation to partner with God, an invitation to represent Him. Adam and Eve's original invitation was to relationship with God and then to partnership with God, to be His representatives in all the world, His image bearers, as Scripture calls it. So our invitation from God does not stop at relationship. It moves on to partnership and representation. God's desire for those of us in relationship with Him is for us to partner with Him in sharing His invitation with others. That was Jesus' great commission, to go out into all the world and to make disciples of Him. It's what Paul writes about when he says that we are new creations in Christ, reconciled to God through Christ Jesus, and then given the ministry of reconciliation, that God is reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against Him 
And he is making his appeal through us as though we are ambassadors on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Scripture tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. But how can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear in the one if nobody is preaching? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How blessed it is to be sent by the Lord to carry out His invitation to the great banquet feast of the Lamb. How beautiful it is that God would choose to partner with us in carrying on His work of salvation here on earth. We are all in a position, somehow, some way, to be able to offer the invitation of God to others to get an, an audience with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, a seat at the table. I want to encourage us to once again create an invitational culture in our church, to invite others, to go into the highways and the byways and the country lanes, to those who are far off, who think they are not invited or welcome, who think they are too far gone, who think they are not worthy of being invited, and to compel them to come so that our heavenly Father's house may be full. An invitation can change a life as it did for me. I want to encourage us to be to someone else what Vincent was to me. Someone to share God's invitation on his behalf and to invite others into this beautiful journey of relationship with God. Invite them to a Sunday. Invite them to a small group. Invite them to share a burden with you that you can pray for them. Invite them to a seat at the table of the Lord so that they can have an audience with God. This is how we can respond to God's invitation to partner with Him and represent Him to the world by sharing this gracious invitation we have received with others and so show generosity and mercy the way that we have been shown generosity and mercy. And then the second way we can respond to God's invitation to partner with Him, to represent Him to the world, is to follow Jesus' example, to love and to serve others. Jesus said He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Scripture encourages us in our relationships with one another to have the same mindset as Christ. That is, to consider others above our, uh, ourselves and to seek their interests above our own. This is the invitation from God to us. And so how do we respond? Well, let's go back to Jesus at the banquet. He says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. Scripture tells us that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he humbled himself 
by taking the nature of a servant and becoming man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, as a result of his humility, as a result of his servant heart and his sacrificial love, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. This is our invitation to follow Christ's example of humility, to choose to serve others and to consider the interests of others above ourselves, to respond by humbling ourselves before God, knowing that He will exalt us in due time. Serving is significant. A heart of a humble servant can often be the difference between a dream and a destiny lived out. God has equipped equipped each one of us with different gifts to represent Him and to serve Him and to serve His people. Be that leading a small group or serving on a Sunday or leading your family, serving your spouse, considering their interests above your own or leading in the workplace and considering your employees' interests above your own. Today, our invitation is to respond by choosing to follow the example, by humbling ourselves to share God's invitation with others and to serve others, to offer them a seat at the table and then not to take a seat ourselves, but to serve them so that they know that they are welcome in the household of God. Which brings us to our our final point. When When we respond well to God's invitation to relationship and then God's invitation to partnership, Jesus says that there is a reward that waits. So there is an invitation to reward. You may hear me speak about serving and think, well, if I serve, I'm going to finish last. And maybe for a while that is true. Maybe you will be taken advantage of and stepped on and not quite get to where you wanted. But your service is not insignificant and your service does not go unnoticed. The reward Jesus offers is eternal and eclipses any other reward we could get here on earth. It is a deep refreshing of the one who refreshes others, themselves being refreshed. It is a deep fulfillment and satisfaction that we sang earlier, that new song says only Jesus can satisfy. Luke 12 says, uh, this is, sorry, Luke 14 from verse 12. Jesus turned to the host at his dinner that he was at. He said, the next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out, the misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and experience a blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. God's desire is to seek and to save the lost, to welcome in the broken and the marginalized. God's invitation is for us to carry the healing of heaven in our hands and to offer an invitation, the same mercy and generosity we have received being offered to others. Many will be grateful and there is a great joy and sense of significance of serving others here on earth, but many won't have the ability to respond to you. But truly, Jesus said, whatever you have done for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done for me. What a blessing it is to be able to bless Jesus himself. So today, 
I'd like to invite, I'd like to offer all of you an invitation to respond. Wherever you are at, do that. You're only an invitation away from a life that you long for or dream of. Cross the line in front of you from a dream towards a destiny. Jesus offers us life and life in all its fullness, an abundant life, an eternal life. And you're only an, you're only an invitation away. We don't want to miss out or mess up or muddy the waters. But even if we do, if we respond well, we can make way for a miracle of God at work within us. So today your response may be to an invitation with relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. To those who receive, in, receive Him, who believe in His name, He gives the right to be called the children of God. I implore you on Christ's behalf, as Scripture says, be reconciled with God. He does not count your sins against you. Respond to the invitation. Come to the Father and come into the Father's house. Scripture says, come all who are thirsty, come to the water of life, and come you who have nothing to give, come and eat freely. Why spend your life on that which does not satisfy? Instead, come and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. For others of us who are already in relationship with the Father, our invitation today may be to partner with God, to represent Him in the world. God has given us His Spirit to lead us and guide us, to give us gifts and to give us courage to be His representatives, to share this invitation with others and to serve others at the invitation. So today, respond to the invitation. Share this good news with others. Humble yourself in service of others by inviting another to the seat at the table and serving them there. This ultimately has an invitation to a reward, an internal reward, one you may not experience in this lifetime fully, but certainly one of eternal significance. To know that as you refresh those who cannot repay you, truly the Lord Himself will refresh you, for Jesus Christ is your great reward. Truly it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Today, may God, may God grant us the boldness to respond to His invitation. And may you move from the life you long to live towards the destiny that God has in store for you. It is only an invitation away. And today is the day of salvation. If you're able to, will you please stand with me as we close in a word of prayer. For those of you that would like to take a step and to receive prayer, we have a ministry team up front available for prayer after the service, as well as communion on the other side. If you're keen to find out how you could get more involved, there's starting points happening in Warehouse afterwards, um, Warehouse One afterwards. And if you're new or just visiting us, a guest, a guest lounge available at Entrance Street, we'd love to greet you and say hi. And even online, you can let us know in the comments. We'd love to contact you and be able to chat to you during the week. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we are so grateful for your invitation to relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave everything to have us. And so may we respond with humility and with gratitude because of your great love for us. Holy Spirit, move us towards you 
in your great love. And then move us toward love and good deeds as we seek to represent you to all the world, to share this wonderful good news to all the world, to share an invitation with others, to come and see that the Lord is good. Thank you that you have made available to us a seat at your table, both now and forevermore. And thank you that you, Jesus, are our great reward. And so we give you thanks in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Church, can we give the Lord a shout of praise?